in God's house this morning, isn't it? Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you're part of the family of God? There are no orphans in God's family. They're all, all citizens, children, children of the King. I don't know much. I don't know much today, but I do know this. I'm a child of the King, adopted child of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're tickled to death to be back today at Murrayville Baptist Church. I was telling the church a little earlier before the Sunday school hour, we've got a few hundred miles on the uh, vehicle, and we're glad to be back here. We're excited to be back here. Now, I'm going to say this, and the military's going to come. I hope you came expecting to hear from God this morning, have something done for you in the Lord's house. And uh, I did. I came excited this morning about what the Lord's going to do. So you pray, pray for Brother Terry, pray for the choir this morning, special singing, any testifying. We don't know what we're doing. We're just going to follow the Lord this morning. So Amen. come on, Brother Terry, sing to us. Amen. Let's all stand, page 314.
could say one thing, it'd be he's the best thing. If I could say one word, Jesus would be heard. If I had but one breath, I'd use it to praise him.
everybody doing this morning awesome it is a wonderful morning no matter what's going on in your life you come in here on Sunday morning in the house of the Lord it's a wonderful morning right amen, amen. All right, I got a few announcements here uh, <clears throat> actually today uh, after service after choir practice uh, my wife uh, she's got a uh, ladies meeting uh, you're gonna put together your prayer journal so if you're doing that please hang around uh, you're gonna have some food over there good fellowship on the 28th, uh, we got the Happy Pilgrims uh, dinner that uh, Jack Hayfley is going to cook for us, and uh, some of the youth going to cook and uh, serve as well. So if you're a Happy Pilgrims, remember that. Come on the 28th at 6 o'clock and uh, have some good food. See, Jack says it's good food. It's going to be good? Oh, me too. Uh, November 4th, we still got the officer's banquet. Um, as far as I know, you going to put a sign-up sheet? I will. Okay. All right, sign up sheet tonight. Uh, probably still looking at Smith House, uh, unless uh, somebody you know brings a suggestion or whatnot. So I can remember that. Uh, next Sunday, uh, Janet wants to have a youth choir practice right after service. So please remember that. 
uh, December the 9th, I believe, if that was correct, uh, it's going to be the Victorian trip uh, for the Happy Pilgrims. Uh, tonight, today, if you haven't signed up yet, if you want to sign up today, it needs to be the, it's going to be it. So please sign up. They're going to take the, the sheet up and they're going to get tickets for that. And I had a card. I, I apologize. I left it in my Bible. But the good news is it's from my brother. So I know what he said. Uh, he just really appreciates all the prayer and just uh, what y'all have done for us. And, and I do as well. So thank you very much. Hey, man, we've been praying for the Bennett family, hadn't we? Appreciate Brother Mike and his family. And, and I know they've been going through it and uh, loss. And we're praying for them. Thank the Lord. It's good to be here, isn't it? Don't you appreciate the goodness of the Lord in your life? Now, Brother Terry's asked Charlie to come sing, so you come on up, sweetheart. He's fixing to sing a song. I, I dropped this on Charlie on the way here and Brother Chris up there in the sound booth. And uh, But if, you, if you'll let it, this song right here will help you. I pray that the Lord would touch as Charlie sings. And uh, I don't know where you're at or what condition you came to the Lord's house. And, uh, but I, I, I want to tell you this morning, church, the Lord will help you. And if you'll bring what you've got to him and open your heart to him, let him speak to you just for a little while. He'll do just that this morning. Sweetheart, it's my favorite singer in the world. Come on, sing to us right here. Y'all pray for You did not feel 
the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. No one knows what you've been through. I can't forget the way life used to be. I was a prisoner to the sin that had me bound. And I spent my days, poured my life without measure into a little treasure box. I thought I'd find, oh, until the day when Jesus came to me and healed my soul with the wonder of his touch so now i'm giving back to him all the praise he's worthy of i've been forgiven and that's why that's why i love him so on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box so don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair my hair cause you softly Miss Kaylee's gonna sing I'd like y'all sing that song about the faithfulness of the Lord y'all sing and uh, I appreciate the Lord this morning don't you mm-hmm appreciate his goodness his grace my goodness I don't know what the Lord's doing in your heart but I want to give an opportunity for you to respond to him and be obedient to the Lord that's what he asked of us that we just be obedient to him if you'll just if you need to respond, if you need to raise your hand, if you need to cry a little bit, snot a little bit, there's plenty of Kleenexes all over the place. You need to come down, say thank you, Lord, and go back to your seat. Do whatever God's impressing on you. But the Lord's been good this morning. Matter of fact, there will not be a bigger understatement made in this service like saying God's been good. What an understatement. I mean, if we can just settle in for a minute and see what he's done, how good he's been, how much he loves you. 
much he loves me. We could look at the price that was paid to purchase you and I. Don't you, don't you hear him this morning drawing you with cords of love? Isn't he a good father? He loves me like I was his only child. He's been good to me this morning. And I appreciate his faithfulness. I didn't get here because I'm good enough or sharp enough or the sharpest tool in the chest or capable or able or stay out strong, wise, charismatic. No, I got here this morning because he's been faithful. He's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to you. The least I could do is break my box of pride break my box of self, break my box of my own ability and pour it out on Him. Thank God. You pray for Sister Kaylee and Sister Maggie. She's going to sing to us for a minute. You obey the Lord this morning.
I'll make reference of it this morning. Uh, Brother Terry, man of the church, had sent me a questionnaire about what I felt the priorities of the church were. It's a good question. It's a great question. And the priorities of the church are many. They're many. Great priority this morning. Great priorities. But you want to know the greatest priority of the church? Is to worship and extol and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. Main priority. And the Spirit has been sent into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. That means when you got saved, the Lord sent His, His Spirit into you. There's something that's happening inside of you this morning. There's something that's crying out inside of you. I appreciate the Spirit of the Lord, don't you? Thank you for being sensitive. Sister Kathy's going to sing that last verse for us. If you need to obey the Lord in any way, you can do it now. We'll give you an opportunity. Pray for her. She sings this last verse. chapter number 24 if you have a Bible Luke chapter number 24 and we'll approach the Lord's word for just a few moments and we'll be very brief and we ask that God speak to us from his word this morning Luke chapter number 24 Bible says in verse number 6, and we'll read just a little while, so stay with us this morning. Verse number 6 of Luke 24, if you found your place, say amen. amen. The greatest words that's ever been heard, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all things, all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. 
and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, Jesus to these two disciples, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? He said unto them, What things? And they said, Unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened... To us, the scriptures. They rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together. And them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way. And how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. The Lord will help me. I couldn't settle on one title, but I've got a couple thoughts this morning. Simply put, a risen Savior for our reasoning hearts. Or if you'll have it, a simple title of dealing with disappointment. Dealing with disappointment. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be here. 
Lord, we are grateful to be in your house, amongst your people, in this church, in this place. Father, as you did for your disciples in this text, Lord, I ask that your spirit would open to our heart the scripture. I ask this morning that Christ would be magnified and glorified in this house, in this meeting place, all of that you would fill all of our hearts, that we'd no longer see our problems, but we would see our precious Savior. I ask this morning that you would encourage us, strengthen us, guide us, help us. Lord, and as we look to you, help us for just a few moments, and whatsoever you do, We'll be sure to give you praise and glory and honor for it, heading up the road. For it is in Jesus' name we do humbly pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Dealing with disappointment or a risen Savior for our reasoning hearts. The reading's been lengthy, but however, uh, I felt it was necessary to read all that we've read in order to understand the context and the setting. Of course, that's our first point this morning, the setting. There are two men here in the text that have left the crowd of disciples and set out on their own. Now, if there were two men, if there were ever two individuals who needed a revival, it's these two gentlemen in Luke chapter number 24. They were on the right side of Calvary, as one of my dear friends said. They were on the right side of Calvary, but... They were living on the wrong side of the resurrection. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. You're on the right side of Calvary in history. But you're living on the wrong side of the resurrection. They left the fellowship of the disciples. And I've always considered these two guys outliers. But from reading the scripture in verse number 9 that we've read in the text, the Bible says... That, uh, and they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. So these two men were here and present when Mary said, He's alive. He's risen. He's not dead. However, these two men are also the same two men who set out on their own. They heard the story of the resurrection but they said in verse number 11 that their words seemed to be as idle tales. Hogwash in mammal's terms. They said we heard what Mary said. We heard what Joanna said. We heard what Mary Magdalene said. But it's just idle tales. It's make-believe. There's no way that he's alive. He's dead. So they made the decision. They said... We're just going to go home. Now, that seems strange to you and I, but it really sounds like, like a lot of you and I. Uh, we've heard, we've read, we've sung about Jesus and what he's done. But as they were singing uh, this in this service, as the choir was singing, as the specials were singing, as the word of God was going forth in song, maybe it just seems like idle tales to you. These two fellows are the same gentlemen in Mark chapter number 16. The Bible says that in verse number 12, he appeared unto two other as they walked and went into the country. That is, they were just wandering around. 
just wandering around. They were living a wilderness lifestyle like the Israelites defeated and discouraged, unbelieving, down in the mouth, just down in the mouth, just discouraged, just down, complaining, murmuring. There's a problem with everything, with everybody, and in every situation, that's where they were. Now, let me say this, side note, Christ could have risen from the grave and presented himself to Pilate and said, hey, buddy, I'm alive. He could have risen from the grave and went to the temple where he had already uh, rent the, the veil from top to bottom and said, I'm he that was dead and I'm alive evermore. He could have went to Caesar Augustus in Rome and said, I am he that you've heard about. I'm the one that's been healing the sick and raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, healing the deaf, uh, causing the mute to speak. I'm the one you've heard about from Israel. And I'm here to say they kill me, but I'm alive. Could have went to the magic and the, and the massive halls of society. But not this Lord. Not this Savior, Brother Ron. This Savior saw two discouraged, broken, saddened, heart-wrecked, heart absolute, unbelieving disciples. He said, you know, I could go a lot of places, but I'm going to go visit with my boys down here for a minute. That's the situation. They had followed Christ. They had seen his path. They had, they had heard his words. But now they are unbelieving. And they're down and they're discouraged. The situation, but notice the sadness. And from verse number 14 to verse 24, Jesus said, what are y'all talking about? Now, did Jesus know what they were talking about? Yes, he did. He knew all things. But it's got to get in us, the old, our own situation in our heart. God knows everything about where you're at. God knows everything about where, what you're facing. God knows everything about your disappointments. God knows everything about your discouragements. But he needs us to get to a place where we're honest about where we're at. Where we're real about where we're at, where we're vulnerable about where we're at. And he said, what things are y'all talking about? And he said, and why are they making you so sad? Their sadness. And the Bible says in verse number 15 that they reasoned together. They examined, they discussed, they disputed, they tried to exercise logic and apply it to their situation. But sometimes in life, you cannot apply logic or reason to the situation that you're going through. They said we trusted. It had been him who was to deliver us from Israel. They're saying we needed salvation of our country, of our homeland. 
Tonight, Jesus had something to say to them. God did bring salvation, but he didn't bring it to their homeland. He brought it to their heart. And God is working at times in ways that you think God should do this, and God should do this, and God should do this, and God should do that, and he should do it on this manner, and he should do it on this way. What you've got to understand, God is working, but maybe not in the way that you want him to. That's not to say that he's not working in the way that you need him to. That is to say, he may not be working in the way that you want him to. They said some of us are a little upset. They were mad at God. They were a little, just a, and if they weren't mad, they were just a little tiffed. Just a, just a, just a little bit upset that God was supposed to do something that he didn't do. Interesting words should. They said, we trusted it should have been he which should have redeemed Israel. That word is interesting, that word should. It would almost appear and sound like that these two disciples walking on there from the way from Jerusalem, on their way back home in Emmaus, Sounds like they're saying that they know better than God what should have taken place. We would never say that, that we know better than God. We would never say, we would never say God should have done this, 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 and this, but instead he done this, this, and this, and I'm mad about it. We would never say it that way, but in our complexion and in our sadness, and if we'll pay attention to our own words that will betray us from time to time, we'll admit to ourselves and we'll say to ourselves, God, you've messed up here, and it hasn't turned out like we think it should. And a lot of us get rift with the precious Christ over something that hasn't turned out just right. And it causes defeat, deadness, a coldness on God, and a rub with Him, a problem with Him, a situation with Him, and a conflict with Him. But I'm here to report to you this morning, God has a plan. God has a plan. So we've seen the setting, we've seen their sadness, I'm done. Christ comes alongside. Now it's a seven mile walk. It's a seven mile walk from where they're at in Jerusalem to Emmaus. And if you walk steady, that's two and a half, two to two and a half hours worth of walking time. Okay? Unless you were, had some money about you. You had a donkey or a horse or something or a cart to get you around. Now, these fellas were broke. They had given everything that they had. They had placed all of their hopes in Jesus. They had put all of their confidence in God and the works that he'd done. They're going back home busted, so they're walking. They're walking. If the Lord didn't pull up beside them in a chariot, the Lord didn't etch up to them 
in some type of wagon or cart upon a stallion or a white horse. Oh, but he just started walking with them. Started walking with them. And he said this to them. He said, what things are you talking about that are making you so sad? And they told him, they said, they said unto him, what? Th they said, have you not been around? Have you not seen everything that was going? This was a famous situation that was happening in Jerusalem. That Christ was taken into captivity. That this great man that everyone had heard about has been taken, slain, and buried. Have you not heard about this? What you don't understand is we followed this man, sir. We knew this man, sir. We knew that he was supposed to do great things, sir. But he hasn't done them. And, my, and our life is in shambles. And our hearts are broken. And we're going back home because we're tired of sitting in Jerusalem because those fellas say, oh, some of the crazy women in our... Well, women just get a lot of blame for a lot, don't they? Y'all ain't amening loud enough, ladies. They said, they said, I need to move on. They said a bunch of those women came and said he was alive, but we ain't seen him. And we're broken about it. And Jesus said, I love this. I love this so much. Verse number 5, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scripture the things concerning what? Himself. He said, O fools and slow of heart to believe all my promises. O fools and slow of heart to believe all my prophecies. O fools and slow of heart to believe everything that I've said. What some of us need in here this morning is another word from Christ about Christ. What some of us in here need this morning is a word from the Spirit of God speaking expressly to our heart the things concerning Christ Jesus. And he started at the beginning of the book. We need another look at Christ, church. We need, a, need another old-time message preached to our heart concerning Jesus. What Christ looked at them and said, said, Guys, look, I know that you don't believe Everything that's been said, it's obvious from the way that you're speaking. I told you I would come. I told you I would suffer. I told you I would live again. Oh, hallelujah. But you don't believe, but I want to tell you something. I am that's those sacrificial lambs and the blood and, and guts of millions of sacrificial lambs. I am that spotless lamb. I am the bread of heaven. I am the living water. I am that ram that was caught in the thicket. I'm the one that Isaiah said, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Boys, I am the Christ, and I know this hasn't turned out the way that you wanted, but I'm still alive, thank God. Hallelujah. What's he saying? I know it hasn't worked out the way that you think I should, but I want you to know I am working. 
I'm working. You say, I give up. I've thrown in the towel and I'm heading back home. Oh, would that Jesus would just start walking up beside you today and speak to you the things concerning himself. All right, I'm done. I said that a minute ago on the last point. Now I'm really done. We've seen the setting. We've seen their sadness. We've seen the scripture. But now, let's look at the Savior. Verse number 28. I am done, really. This is my last point. Verse 28. And they drew nigh to the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. Jesus made as though he would have kept on walking. These two men that have walked from Jerusalem have left the disciples. They went, they're going back home, this seven-and-a-half-mile trip, two, two-and-a-half-hour walk time. They've been getting to hear Jesus preach for roughly two hours, no less than an hour. So I'm doing pretty good this morning. No, but if I could have heard any sermon, it would have been this one. If I could have heard any word from Jesus Christ, any sermon, it would have been this one. I mean, he opened the book, and from Genesis 1 all the way to the end, he said, boys, this is me. This is why I came. All the while, there's just something just churning inside him. Some kind of fire's getting fanned. Some kind of movement's happening in them. And that's what happens when you take your eyes off yourself, you take your eyes off your problem, and you start looking at Jesus Christ this morning. You start burning in your heart. I'm about to have me a fit. That's what happened while the choir was singing. That's what happened while the songs were being sung. Our focus was taken off ourselves and placed on him. Hallelujah. He made as though he would have gone further. And they said, uh-uh. No, I got my little girl. She, whenever our daddy's doing something that daddy ain't supposed to be doing, maybe like walking out of the room when she wants me to stay in the room, she'll say, no, no. So what they said, he was about to carry on walking. They had turned into their place where they were at. And they said, no, you... You can't. You can't walk on. What does that sound like? That sounds to me like the book of Revelation, chapter number 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. What is that translation in Brother Jay talk or Mountain talk, whatever you want to call it, Murrayville talk? That means if you'll ask him to come in, he'll come in. And you can have a good time in Jesus Christ. It's the last time you've had a good time in Jesus. Lord's been working over my home's way, and I'm grateful for it. It's been a while. Charlie, but Charlie went down to Alabama, got rid of the hindrance. <laughs> I'm cutting up, baby. That was a, that was a joke. Y'all can laugh. It was supposed to be. It wasn't a very funny one. I saw some eyes getting cut, but no, she went down to 
have some pictures taken of the grandbabies with uh, my in-laws down in Alabama. It's been a couple weeks ago. and I was actually in this text and studying this text and meditating on this text. My heart stumbled to Revelation chapter number 3 and I was just alone. Hey, listen to this, ladies. I was cleaning the house. I would ask for some applause, but I'll get in trouble if I ask for too much. But I was. I was cleaning the house. I was vacuuming the floors, getting things prepared for Charlie. Just make sure she come back into a clean house. I'll toot my own horn. Nobody else will. And I got to thinking about these men, and I'll tell you what, there's been some things in my life that I thought maybe hadn't turned out the way that I thought they should have went. But really it doesn't matter about the situation. What matters is about the Savior. Your situation is not the problem. But where Christ may or may not be is. But I'll tell you this much. He wants to come into you. And He wants to sup with you. And He wants to fellowship with you. And he wants to have a time with you. And I just made myself like a fool in that house over there in Flowery Branch by myself. And I said, Lord, come on in this place. Come on in this place. You know what he done? He come in. And we had an absolute time. I'm still feeding on it. It's been a while for me since I'd had it on that fashion. What is that, Brother Jay? That's him saying he'll go a little further. But you constraining him to come in. That's what we need this morning. That's what we need at Murrayville Baptist Church. It's saying, Lord, don't, don't pass us by and go on to the next place. But open the doors wide. And come in here. Come into me. Come into my family. Come into my home and I'm done. He sat at meat. He came in and he sat at meat. They still didn't know who he was. They still didn't know it was Jesus. It's amazing. But he broke the bread. Sister Megan, you come on, play softly. He broke the bread. Now, when you come into someone's house in Israel, when you come into someone's place in, the, in this country, in Jerusalem, in this area right here, only the owner of the house breaks the bread. Only the boss can touch the bread, Brother Ron. That's it. But he walked in and he blessed the bread and he broke it. He didn't ask them for their permission. He didn't ask them, hey, is it okay if I take over right here, you know, and do this? No, no. No, brother, he said, he just assumed that role. And that's what the Lord does in your life and in my life. When he comes around, he says, I'm the boss. Now, what comes with that? You say, well, I don't really, that just doesn't sit real good with me. Well, me neither. Because I like running the show, don't you? I like being in control. I like having things under control, manipulating situations all around me, making sure everything is just right. 
if they ceded control to Christ, it would be good for you and I this morning to surrender. Say, Christ, I had a plan. I had a way. I had a path. I had a way forward. But I give it up. He blessed and break the head. You know what happened? Before a, a Jew would break bread, he'd roll up his sleeves. You know what they saw? Huh? They saw his hands. saw his love that he has for you and for me. They saw the price that had been paid for them. They saw the cross. They saw the Savior. They saw Jesus think we need a lot of things, don't we? We think we need this to happen, that to happen, this to happen, that to happen, this to happen, that to happen. It needs to happen like this. What we need is just to take a look at Him. Saw, saw his hands as soon as he broke the bread. They knew it was him and he vanished. There he goes again doing stuff like I wouldn't have him do. But they left where they were at. They ran back to Jerusalem and said, he's alive. And then boom, he shows up again. I tell you what, if you get in a place and start telling that Jesus is alive, that Christ is real, that he's my friend, that he is that he is preeminent, it doesn't matter what's happened to me, it doesn't matter what's happened in my past, it doesn't ha- matter what's happening in this situation, he's alive. He is real. He is risen. He's awake. He's not dead, but he paid the price. We saw the marks in his hands. We fellowship with the Savior. We walked with him. He met with us. The same Jesus we knew before he died. He walked with us. It's what you need, that's what I need. They went back and told the disciples, boom, he appeared himself to them again. If you start getting your eyes off your problems and start focusing on Jesus Christ, he'll just start popping up everywhere in your life. I said, if you stop focusing on everything else and focus on Jesus Christ, he'll stop popping up in your life. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be done. John 14. You said, that's a lying preacher right there. 
He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, which means love, guard, protect, nurture. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now we're going to stand here in a moment. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. We've already done a lot of praying this morning, but if you need to talk to this Jesus, you come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you can stand where you're at. Just play softly, sister. Brother Terry, if you would come get a song together, maybe just a verse or two. If you feel the Lord or sense the Lord speaking to you, you come on.